Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. I stand before you, lieutenants, proud to be 100% absolute USDA certified alpha male. There is not a lick of beta running through this five stars veins. I'm not a member of Generation Wuss. I'm not a pansy-ass little wussified beta. I am not ashamed of my masculinity. And I can tell you one thing, growing up, never, never would I ever consider wearing a female-oriented costume for Halloween. I wouldn't go dressed as Cinderella. Never would I be seen dressing as Barbie. No, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, but under no circumstances would I ever be caught dead looking like a little girl. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, always alpha masculinity, lieutenants. We have to start saying that. Front and center here on the Cigar Dave Show. And the reason that I started this show, this hour today, in the manner I did, is because we are being bombarded in record numbers with massive beta wussification. Now, last week I talked about that that absolute deranged, wussified beta gunman that uh, took a number of people's lives and wreaked havoc at Umpqua Community College out in Oregon. And I followed it up with a an article that I saw back in July from the Federalist called The Revenge of the Lost Boys. And, lieutenants, we have a major epidemic going, and in the next few minutes I will delve into it because what I'm about to share with you this hour is absolutely the most lugubrious thing ever to happen to the American male or worldwide males in the history of mankind. It is that serious. But first, lieutenants, as always, I welcome you from Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A here in the Cigar City, our very palatial and comfortable confines. If you uh, care to follow us and see what goes on 24-7, 365, you can go to CigarDave.com. You can certainly follow me at Twitter at Cigar Dave Show, and you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave, as well as our Instagram account, everything centrally located social media-wise in our CigarDave.com, at our CigarDave.com 
homepage. So by all means, check that out. I'll tell you about a number of big events going on, one later this month, both in the Cigar City, the Swords, Stars, and Sinatra event celebrating Monte Cristo's 80th anniversary. That's on Thursday, October 29th. We'll get into that a little bit later this hour. And also... Saturday, November 21st, it is the second annual Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest at The Rock at the Hard Rock Casino, powered and presented by Davidoff Cigars, distilled by Jack Daniels. More on that, Lieutenants. And in the second hour, as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest, we'll be joined by a home brewer extraordinaire, Phil Azun, who also happens to be one of our former producers here at the Cigar Dave Show, Creative Services Director Extraordinaire. He will join us. Everything you need to know, lieutenants, about home brewing, creating your own brewski. It's not that difficult. And we will spend the entire hour because I tell you, when you hear Phil talk about it, I spent a couple hours the last few days talking with him about it. And I always thought, geez, being your own home brewer would be very difficult. Not so much. It has gotten easier with a lot of these kits that are coming out, so we will get to that. Before I get into talking, lieutenants, about the wussification of the American male, the feminization of the American male, I want to talk about uh, Mayor Sheila Rawlings-Blake, the mayor of Baltimore. Now, we saw what happened with him back in April. What an absolute disaster of a mayor. Talk about deer in the headlights. How pathetic that a woman who is mayor of a major city in this nation has to have Al Sharpton do her bidding for her. When the times get a little tough, she calls Al Sharpton. Can you imagine General George S. Patton when times are getting tough saying, gee, is there somebody that can speak for me when, when we're tough in battle? Can you imagine George Washington, President George Washington, when things got a little tough saying, is there is there an Al Sharpton around that can speak on my behalf? It is pathetic. Well, you know, one thing amazes me. There's some There's some politicians that I know that happen to be pretty down-to-earth good guys, and, and women as well. They don't take their job overly seriously. They don't, and when I say by that, they don't have a self, they don't have this huge uh, uh, self-portrayal of themselves as being this, you know, incredible politician. You're a politician. You're not a rocket scientist. You know, your job is to make sure the potholes get filled that government runs, that the trash gets picked up, that uh, the government has a budget, and you try not to overspend it. It's really simple. Look out for your constituents. Not that difficult. Well, we've seen a number of politicians over the last few years get a little bit bent out of shape. They have a, 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 a certainly a, a portrait of them being a little bit more important and self-important than they really are. So Mayor Sheila Rawlings-Blake, who announced that she is not going to run for re-election. Why? Because she'd get her ass pounded. That's why. Because she's an idiot. She's an effing idiot, without any question. And I always say, in times of crisis, that is when you find the true metal of a person. That is when you find out when somebody, if they have got the nads to stand up and say, I've got everything covered. I'm in control. I will make sure that I lead you whether it's a time of disaster, a time of chaos, a time of, of tremendous strife, I've got everything. Follow my lead. Now, there's no better example of that than yours truly. Alpha male, nads of steel. When the shiatsu hits the fan, I am front and center. In times of crisis, you can count on me. In fact, people have said to me, General, you ought to run for governor. Well, why would I want to run for governor? when I could run for president and probably win. 
Why should I run for governor? I mean, yeah, you know, it would be pretty good. There's no question about it. I mean, I, that'd be pretty cool to live in the governor's mansion and open it up for cigar, cigar-friendly cigar Saturdays, do the show front and center from the uh, governor's mansion. That would be great. And I've been to the governor's mansion in Florida. It's not uh, ostentatious. And I'd be a damn good governor because I'm a great leader of men and women as well. Well, here we've got Mayor Sheila Rawlings-Blake, who turned up at a community meeting because there is a group opposed to a convenience store at a very busy intersection in one of the neighborhoods in Baltimore. So the person who was chairing the meeting by the name of Rup Vijayan was a little bit nervous. And you could tell when he was uh, announcing the mayor, when he was introducing the mayor, he had learned, surprisingly, he didn't realize the mayor was going to show up. But she showed up unexpectedly. She was going to announce something surprising that after supporting the widely opposed project, she and her administration were now take, taking a position against having that uh, convenience store being built. So let's take a listen to Mr. Rup Vijayan introducing Mayor Sheila Rawlings-Blake. And this took place uh, the end of September. I'm going to introduce Madam Mayor. And uh, this is uh, um, Madam Mayor. Could you please take the floor? <laughs> Now, she was serious. At this point in my life, I don't need to be introduced. Why? Because you're the mayor? You didn't even win an election. You were appointed because the previous mayor was a freaking thief, was a ganif, and was arrested and thrown in the, in the hokey. By the way, if you don't know what the word ganif is, that is Yiddish for thief. Trying to expand your vocabulary, lieutenants. Now, if you listen to the person who was introducing the mayor... He sounded a little bit, he definitely sounded nervous. He sounded very beta. As my pleasure, I'd like to welcome uh, uh, the mayor. Now, if I'm introducing someone, and I've introduced many politicians and VIPs before, I stand up and say, it has come to my attention that we have an unexpected visitor today. We have the mayor of the city of Baltimore, Sheila Rawlings-Blake. Mayor, please uh, come up, and uh, we'd be happy to have you say a few words to our audience. Now, he was not being rude or disrespectful in any way by introducing her. In fact, that is what you do. You introduce someone by their title, who they are. I want you to listen, and and uh, producer Eric, if you would pump up the volume, because it's tough to hear, so I want to make sure we raise the level. Just listen to how she responds after she is introduced. Pay very close attention. I, mean, I hope by this point in my life I don't need to be introduced, but I'll just be presented. <laughs> I hope that at this point in my life I don't need to be introduced that I would be presented. You may have not heard the end of that. Now, please, does someone have a little bit of an inflated view of themselves? I hope by this point in my life, I don't need to be introduced. I would be presented. What, what should we do? Present you on a, on, a sil- on, a, on a silver platter? You want to be presented on a red carpet, honey? What, how do you want to be presented? It is absurd. And this reminds me of a number of years ago when one of our generals was testifying in front of a Senate committee and Barbara Boxer, taxocrat, pain in the ass from the People's Republic of California, did not take kind to the fact that he was polite and called her ma'am. Take a listen. Well, why has it been delayed? Uh, ma'am, at the uh, LACPR is... It, you know, do me a favor. Could you say senator instead of ma'am? 
Yes, it's sir. just a thing. I worked so hard to get that title, so I'd appreciate it. Yes, thank you. What a, what a schmuck. I worked so hard for that title. Please don't call me ma'am. Call me senator. I worked so hard. You worked hard? How hard did you work, honey? You live in a state where uh, 65, 70% of the people are, are, are taxocrats, and most of them are illegals. Am I going to offend someone by saying that? Yeah, who gives a damn? I'm way past the point of caring if I offend anyone. Could care less. And that's the problem with this country. I want you to listen one more time. Listen to Barbara Boxer. I swear, if I had her in front of me and she said that to me, I'd say, you know what? I'm not going to call you senator. And I'm not even going to address you as ma'am. I'm going to address you as one royal pain in the ass bitch. Well, why has it been delayed? Uh, ma'am, at the... Uh LACPR is a, you know do me a favor could you say senator instead of ma'am yes, it's sir. just a thing I worked so hard to get that title so I'd appreciate it yes thank you oh she worked so hard boo hoo it's so offensive the man was being polite and this is how he was treated enough of these politicians Donald Trump is right these politicians are stupid they have a self-inflated view of exactly how important they are because in the scheme of things they're not that important and you know what the definition of a politician is? Someone who's an absolute ignoramus schmuck. The 2015 Alpha Pleasure Fest at The Rock is Saturday, November 21st at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tampa. The Alpha Male Good Life Maneuvers are presented by Davidoff and distilled by Jack Daniels. Your VIP tickets to the Alpha Pleasure Fest include Davidoff Cigars, Jack Daniels Libations, a scrumptious buffet fit for an Alpha Male, a special gift from Cigar Dave, and so much more. Tickets are on sale now at CigarDave.com. The story that made the cigar. The cigar that made history. 80 years ago, Monte Cristo began a legacy of crafting only the finest cigars. Now, that legacy is honored by the very special extremely limited edition Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary Cigar. Crafted for the first time, Dominican Pelotico Tobacco. Grown from seeds hand-carried from Cuba by Pepe Mendez. This exclusive cigar is like no other, rolled in a dark and oily Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. The Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary Cigar features a rich, fuller-bodied, and wonderfully complex smoke. Packaged in an elegant handmade box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Honor the legacy with the Monte Cristo 80th anniversary. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play Store. Search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, 
our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. Alpha male pleasure maneuvers are now in progress. Please enjoy the Cigar Dave experience. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Lightation Maneuvers. Well, lieutenants, as you know, on Thursday, October 29th, from 7 to 10 p.m. here in the Cigar City at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, poolside, we will be enjoying an event called Swords, Stars, and Sinatra. The Swords for Monte Cristo Cigars, celebrating the Monte Cristo 80th anniversary. Stars for yours truly, the five-star general hosting the event. And Sinatra, as we enjoy some great Jack Daniels, including Sinatra Select. A wonderful evening. So one of the cigars you will be receiving if you attend is the new Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut. Now, when you think about Monte Cristo, creme de la creme, top of the line, known around the world, this is a very unique blend. A little different than the regular Monte Cristo White. It uses a vintage 2008 Connecticut Shade wrapper grown in the United States, a Monte Cristo exclusive, a Nicaraguan binder, Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Peruvian filler. It's medium-bodied, a little bit more flavor than the regular Monte Cristo White. It is a beautiful-looking cigar, has three bands, the initial Monte Cristo White band, a second band in the middle showing the... The uh, one of the barns in Connecticut, beautiful picture, and then at the bottom it has a third band signifying vintage Connecticut. Comes in three sizes: a five and a half by forty-four Corona, a six by fifty. A correction: the five and a half by forty-four is a torpedo, which I will enjoy. The number two is a six by fifty Toro, and a double Corona, six and a quarter inches in length with a fifty ring gauge. I have selected. The number two Bellicoso, 6x50, very, very nice. 
And this particular, actually, it's about five and a half by 44, so it's not overly big, but very nice looking cigar. About $14.50 suggested retail. That's what I will enjoy today because it's going to go perfectly with my first Brewski selection for Cigar Oktoberfest today. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Whoops, what just happened? My self sharpening double edged stainless steel keen just disintegrated. However, I always have a backup plan, lieutenants. Every good general does. Got another one I just pulled out. I think after uh, 10 years of use, I think I may have whacked it. But this one is looking good. I will use this on my Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Single massive flame coming from my Cigar Dave Signature Lock and Load prototype. I will use that today. Big tank, big flame. Got to use that on a big cigar. Cigar Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. I will toast the foot of this magnificent Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut. Gently toasting that wrapper first, getting it a nice burn on that. Then we'll go to the filler, taking our time. Again, we are gently twirling the cigar. We are rotating the cigar. We want a nice even amber glow. I will now puff and rotate. Oh, nice little sweetness. All that Connecticut shade, there's nothing like it. Mmm. Very nice. Great draw. Even for a bellicoso. Mmm. Perfect even amber glow. Take a puff here. Outstanding. My Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut is properly lit. Let us now enjoy a libation. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. All right, I'm going to open up a bottle of Sweetwater Waterkeeper Hefweizen Ale. This is made in Atlanta, a craft brewery. Now, most of their product only available regionally. Reason being is their beer is unpasteurized. It was founded in 1997 by Freddie Bench and Kevin Mac- uh, Kevin McNerney and Matt Patterson. They were roommates at the University of Colorado at Boulder. They got into brewing. They are in Atlanta, make a number of different brews, and this is a Hefweizen, which is a wheat beer. Hefweizen, nice, very mild beer. On the IBU scale, it's only about an 18, so it is a very... Mellow beer, not a lot of hoppiness. 50% of this is wheat. I will say cheers, take a sip. Hmm. Oh, I can smell that wheat. A little bit of yeasty aroma on the uh, nose. Take another sip. Hmm. Very smooth. No bitterness whatsoever. Very pleasant beer. This is a traditional Hefweizen, a wheat beer. Very popular in Munich this time of year. Very pleasant any time of year. From Sweetwater Brewing, the Sweetwater Waterkeeper Hefeweizen. For those of you listening at 640 WGST in Atlanta, you could probably head over there, have a sample, and enjoy. We will continue Cigar Oktoberfest around the corner. As we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest, the Cigar Dave Officers Club selection is the Perdomo Special Craft Series, including the Amber, Stout, and Pilsner that go nicely with your favorite beer. The Perdomo Special Craft Series Pilsner has a U.S. Connecticut wrapper with binders and fillers from Nicaragua. Pilsner is a mild to medium-bodied cigar that pairs beautifully with a Pilsner, White Ale, Golden Lager, Cream Ale, or Light Lager. Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. 
in this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is going to be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple cap, using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy and you're going to bootleg. And that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. of pleasure. It's the General Cigar Dave. Yeah, it's like being in Munchen for Oktoberfest. Cigar Oktoberfest, that is. Take another sip of my Sweetwater Brewing Waterkeeper Hefeweizen Ale. Mm, very nice. Goes down the palate nicely. Beautiful accompaniment to my Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut that I am thoroughly enjoying. And, uh, Next time I get up to Atlanta, I'm going to have to check out the Sweetwater Brewing. They got some great year rounds. Looks as though, they, and it's kind of very hip. They've got a uh, Georgia Brown. I like this smoother than a Bill, Bill Clinton apology. They've got, oh, this I like. Sweetwater happy ending. It will put a smile on your face. Just like a pleasant ending or a happy ending. Can't wait to try that one. And the uh, Waterkeeper Hefeweizen. This is limited. This is only between the months of July and October. And they've got a couple of other very limited releases as well. They've got one called the Cork and Cage. They've got another. Oh, this looks good. Hash Brown. Hop hash-infused India Brown Ale. So next time I'm in Atlanta, those of you listening on 640 WGST, you can always take a run over there right in your neck of the woods, Sweetwater Brewing. And in just a few moments, I will enjoy my next libation today, my next beer for a cigar, Oktoberfest. And being that it is autumn, it is fall, Halloween's around the corner, what do you associate with that? Pumpkins. So pumpkin ale, very, very big. I'll get to that with a very unique name, too, a name near and dear to my heart. And you will know why when I tell you the name of the brewery. Lieutenants, as I have told you, we face a very critical challenge as alpha males. As the male species... We are under attack like never before. We've been under attack for well over 40 years. We've been made to feel guilty about being a male. We've been ma made to feel guilty of having testosterone, of being, being what the male species does. And that is we like to display when we're kids our rambunctious energy, our creative energy, which now, of course, is called into question saying that 
kids who, especially boys that have a lot of energy, now have ADD, attention deficit disorder. When we were kids, it was called just having a lot of energy, a lot of spilkas. Second Yiddish word today, lieutenants, that you are learning, adding to your Yiddish vocabulary, spilkas, meaning you got like ants in your pants. So you learn ganeff, G-A-N-E-F-F, which is a thief, spilkas which is, you got a lot of energy, nervous energy. You know, like I remember my grandmother used to say, or my grandfather, you got a lot of spilkas, which, uh, don't ask me to spell it. But it means you got a lot, like ants in your pants. You got a lot of nervous energy. That's okay. When you are a boy, that's good. Play cops and robbers. Play dodgeball. Wrestle. It's what you do. Now, of course, it is a an attack on all of the world species when, the, when a boy wants to display his masculinity. It is an ever-ending problem. And I have said we have become a wussified nation. We have become what I consider a generation wuss, generation beta. And we're seeing it now. And I've said this last week when we talked about that, uh, that, that, that nutcase gunman out in Oregon. When we were growing up, we played cops and robbers. We wrestled. We ran all over the place. We threw footballs. We tackled each other. And when we did something that was not correct, our parents corrected us. When our parents wanted us to improve on something, they gave us constructive criticism. We learned how to deal with adversity. We learned how to deal with real life. Well, something has happened the last 40 years. It started with the feminist movement with feminists making boys feel guilty about being boys and men feeling guilty about being men, but it has transcended into something far greater, far deeper. It started with the feminist movement, but it has gone much more viral, if you will. We are now in a state, lieutenants, where boys, as when they're young boys, they are not criticized. They are not given constructive criticism. They do not know how to handle adversity. They sit home watching and playing these video games all day. They are socially inept. They don't know how to deal and have conversations. They don't know how to ask girls out. They don't know how to interact and socialize with the opposite sex. They don't know how to flirt. They don't know how to be boys. They don't know how to be men. They don't know how to be masculine. And we have seen this over and over. Yes, it started with the feminist movement, but it is far greater today. And boys, from the time they are coming out of the womb, they are being feminized. They're being taught that they're evil. How dare they display their masculinity at such a young age? And so now we've created a generation that doesn't know how to accept constructive criticism, that when you do give them criticism, they feel that they are being attacked. They feel they're being disrespected. They feel they are entitled. So they don't know how to interact. They don't know how to socialize. And when something doesn't go their way, when we were kids, something didn't go our way. Okay, maybe we had a little temper tantrum. We jumped up and down, cried, whatever. And then we got over it. Or we learned how to, and that's part of, as you're a kid, dealing with adversity, dealing with no. Well, today, when that happens to a boy, when that happens to an adolescent, when that happens to a young adult in their 20s, in their early 30s, how do they react? 
they act out with massive aggression, aggression that should have been acted out when they were little kids, but instead they do it when they're older, and now they take real guns, not cap guns. They don't wrestle their fellow boys. They don't play tackle football. They go out, they get a gun, and they display massive amounts of rage, and they go and they murder, and they kill, and they maim, and they injure. And now they're blaming it on all sorts of extemporaneous nonsense. It's cartoons. They're very violent. Well, you know, video games, I've seen some of those video games. To a degree, yeah, I can, I can blame it on that, especially when kids aren't interacting. But from the time boys are coming out of the womb and they are born, they're becoming little girls. And I have a case in point. And this, to me, lieutenants, represents everything you need to know. And it involves two generations— a very young generation, it involves a two-year-old or a three-year-old, and it involves a 28-year-old father. Two generations, two generations of wussified uh, uh, males. And this comes to us from Virginia. Now, when I think of Virginia, I think the home of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, those were alpha males. Apparently, Virginia now is rolling over and becoming uh, wussified central. A father, Paul Henson, 28 years old, is proud of his three-year-old son's decision to dress up as a female character from the movie Frozen for Halloween. He's dressing up as Princess Elsa. His son, Caden, Dressing up as Princess Elsa from the movie Frozen. Now, when I was a kid trick-or-treating, three-year-old, five-year-old, ten-year-old, I wanted to be a superhero. I love Batman. In fact, even in high school, for senior year, it was our tradition where I went in Buffalo at the Park School of Buffalo that all the seniors would dress up, and we would interact with the, the kids from kindergarten to eighth grade and have a little parade and have a lunch, and I went as Batman, my High school buddy went as Robin. And we even put little Batmobile. We made our car, my car, into a Batmobile. My green Plymouth Volari into a Batmobile. Can you imagine that? It wasn't the hippest Batmobile, but we looked good. I looked pretty good in tights back in high school, I got to say. Wasn't overly comfortable in the certain areas, but I looked pretty good. I mean, I had the, I had the whole Batman getup going on. I looked good. I felt pretty Batman powerful. I had my Batarang. I had my Bat Communicator. I had all the necessary bat ingredients. I mean, I had everything you needed. You know, I even had, uh, all I needed was was a bat cigar and bat brew, and I would have been good to go. No, this kid's son, Paul Henson, 28 years old, shared the Facebook photo of his son, Caden, proudly wearing the costume, saying, quote, anyone that knows us knows we generally let Caden make his own choices to an extent. Well, he's decided on a Halloween costume. He wants to be Elsa. He also wants me to be Anna. Game on. Now, I have no idea who the hell Anna is or Elsa is because I don't go see little kid movies. It's called Frozen. Couldn't tell you. But anticipating backlash, he wrote, Keep your masculine BS and slutty kids' costumes. Halloween is about children pretending to be their favorite characters. It just so happens this week, his is a princess. Lieutenants, this 
states everything in one condensed sentence. This week, he wants to be a princess. That is very disturbing on multiple levels. His father sees no problem with this three-year-old boy dressing up as a female princess character. The little boy sees no problem with it. Do you see where I'm going? 28-year-old father, wussified beta male. Three-year-old wussified beta male in development equals next generation wussified beta males. This nation has a problem. I am looking at a picture right now. This is disturbing. This boy, this three-year-old boy dressed as a woman, dressed as a little princess. And I'm looking at the father, and I got to tell you, he's not exactly exuding alphaness. Now, speaking of it, about his uh, decision to broadcast his son's choice of Halloween costumes, the father revealed that Caden was bullied in school when he first said he wanted to dress up as Alpha. No shiatsu. Shiatsu, no kidding. The kid was bull. Here are other three-year-olds saying to this kid, you want to dress up as a Cinderella character? As a princess? Are you out of your mind? Three or other three-year-old boys see this is a problem. He told Yahoo Parenting, a girl wants to be a firefighter or Thor or Spider-Man. It's okay. I don't know of any girl, any young girl that I've ever seen wear a Spider-Man costume. He said, but when my son wanted to be Elsa, he was getting bullied. He should get bullied. His the little his kids' colleagues, his kids' friends are doing him a favor, trying to correct him when the father won't even correct this kid for being a wussified beta three-year-old. Now, this is just absurd. I mean, I'm looking pictures of this father with this kid, and I'm seeing beta plus beta equals massive betaness. The dad went on to share that he and his and, and the boy's mother encouraged the child in their divorce, encouraged the child to dress up as Elsa, even though he wanted to change his costume after his classmates disapproved. And after Paul suggested that he could be Elsa's younger sister in the movie Anna, little Caden lit up and decided to stick with his original costume choice. That's freaking brilliant. So now you have this 28-year-old father who is now going to dress up as another female character, Anna. Why don't we just call them both Caitlyn Jennings, or Jenners, whatever the hell her name is. His name, its name. Why don't we both call him, why don't you dress up as Caitlyn Jenner? That's more appropriate. This is absurd. The father says, the father's being praised for fighting against gender stereotypes and letting his son express himself without socially imposed restrictions. Here are what some of the Facebook uh, users had to say. Parenting done right. I'm so proud of you for being a parent and standing by your child no matter what. Stereotypes have no place in a child's life. I got news for you. Dressing as a female, as a female princess character at three years old for a boy, absolutely has no place in a boy's life. That is pitiful. It is lame. It is disturbing. And the mother commented on the post saying, I couldn't be more grateful that we have the coolest kid ever. We're on the same page with raising him. I feel sorry for this poor kid. He's being raised by two parents that want him to become a wussified beta male. Starting as a wussified, feminized boy, he'll grow up to be a wussified chick. Guaranteed. And all I can say is, now we know the problem. Is it any surprise We have a generation, two generations, three generations, 
of wussified beta males in this country. And all we need to do is look at the White House, look at the Oval Office, and look who's sitting in there. And I'm not doing that to say to be political in any way, shape, or form, but I ask you, I'm not a Vladimir Putin fan. I can't stand the SOB. He's a commie, period. But looking at Putin, at least he's an alpha male. The guy we've got sitting in the Oval Office is an absolute beta wussified male. He is a wussified chick, period, with no nads. And now we wonder where the problem is? The problem, Lieutenant, starts when these kids are two, three, and four years old. And now this three-year-old kid's father, who's 28, right in that second generation, or that third generation, where, where boys have been taught to be feminized. So we got a feminized father, and now we got a feminized boy. We are screwed as a species, lieutenants, unless we do something about it, and we do something damn quickly. The Monte Cristo Social Club presents Swords, Stars, and Sinatra, an evening celebrating the Monte Cristo 80th anniversary, hosted by the General Cigar Dave, and featuring Jack Daniels, Sinatra Select, and other Jack Daniels spirits. All attendees will receive the extremely limited Monte Cristo 80th anniversary cigar, the Monte Cristo Estoque, the Monte Cristo Vintage White Connecticut, and the Monte Cristo Platinum Tampa Edition. Swords, Stars, and Sinatra will be held poolside at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tampa on Thursday, October 29th from 7 to 10 p.m. There may be trouble ahead. For more details and to purchase tickets, go to CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. In the fertile fields of the Connecticut River Valley, there is still one cigar brand who grows their own Connecticut shade wrappers. Monte Cristo. Prized for its unique silky texture, this exquisite tobacco has now been used to craft a cigar worthy of its name, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut. Building on the legacy of the beloved Monte Cristo White Series, this excellent medium to full-bodied cigar is rich, flavorful, and complex. Crafted with only the finest vintage 2008 wrapper leaves, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut cigar has subtle notes of spices, vanilla, and hazelnuts. Packaged in a gorgeous handcrafted box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Pick up a Monte Cristo White Vintage today and experience the spirit of the valley. Surgeon General Warning. 
Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. The General has determined that enemies of pleasure are hazardous to your happiness. For your protection and sanity, they've been vaporized. All right, lieutenants, we are celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest. Next hour, we'll be talking homebrewing 101. Our special guest, Phil Azun, actually a finalist in some homebrewing competitions here in the Sunshine State, the cigar state of Florida. He will be joining us next hour. Before I get to my next brewski, let me bring in private producer Eric. Private producer Eric, I just showed you the picture because you wanted to see it. What did you think when I showed you that picture of uh, of little three-year-old Caden dressing up as El- Princess Elsa? If the future of our country is little three-year-old boys running around in princess dresses, we're going to have a problem in about 20 years. Uh, we got a, a major problem already. Problem. We have already have a problem. It is here. Can you it imagine a president running around in a little uh, princess outfit in 2035 or something like Actually, that? Actually, I can imagine Obama running around in a little princess outfit now in the White House because we all know that Michelle Obama wears the pants. He wears the skirt. So I could see him wearing a dress. In any event, uh, lieutenants, let me do this. Let me uh, enjoy our next libation here this is a first of all when i saw the name of this i had to buy it it comes from buffalo bills brewery no relation to the national football league's buffalo bills no one circles the america's original pumpkin ale like the buffalo bills because that's exactly what i will be enjoying right now buffalo bills brewery they are located out in hayward california a restaurant and brewery one of the first brew pubs to open up in california and this is their uh, original pumpkin ale. They have a whole bunch of uh, of flavored-type beers. They've got uh, their orange blossom cream ale. They've got their strawberry blonde ale with ginger. That sounds pretty good. Their oatmeal stout. They've got their pumpkin oatmeal stout. But this is America's original pumpkin ale. First brewed in 1985. It has become a fall tradition. I'm going to open that up. There we go. I'm going to pour that. Ah, that is very nice. Wow, incredible pumpkin spice on the on the nose. Wow, it, it, to me it just smells like autumn, smells like fall. I'll say cheers. Hmm. Wow, I say it tastes like pumpkin pie. That's pretty nice. 6% alcohol by volume, available year-round. It is uh, relatively low IBU, international bitter u- bitterness units, only 12 on the IBU scale. Take another. It's a nice dark uh, amber. Take another sip. Hmm. Pretty good. Very nice, lieutenants. You know, I think for my next item up for bids here on the Cigar Dave Show, I need a little mood music. So, producer Private Eric, if you will. La cucaracha, la cucaracha. Now, why am I playing Mexican music on Cigar Oktoberfest, lieutenants? Keep this in the background, Eric. Get me in the mood. Well, Clemson University did something that offended two students. They held a maximum Mexican night in the dining halls where they've been doing it every year for umpteen years, an annual event where they feature Mexican cuisine put on by university dining services. They have mariachi bands. Everybody dresses up in... in Attire, they've got the big uh, sombreros on. Well, everything was going great. People loving the food and festivities. A tradition 
that the Clemson Dining Services does. They have Asian American, uh, well, they have like uh, a Chinese night, they have an Italian night. I remember at Syracuse University where I went, they had the same thing. Well, everything was going great, except two students went on Twitter and complained. They said they were offended, and they said that this is an outrage, and the university rolled over, buckled over, and their administration apologized for the event, saying that it flattened the cultural view of Mexican culture. And that we want to be supportive, and we want to enrich and nourish lives, but we failed to live out our mission. They apologize. Are you kidding me? Give me a break. Because they're serving Mexican food? They held a low country barbecue bash. They held a St. Patty's Day theme. Is this pathetic that in this country, two people say they were microaggressed, so we've got to change everything? Screw them. Get some nads. Our number two of the Cigar Dave Show, Home Brewing 101, is next. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. This This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. We continue our Cigar Oktoberfest celebration and festivities here on the Cigar Dave Show. And the entire month we are celebrating great cigars, great beers, and one of the more popular hobbies over the last number of years is home brewing. So we're going to spend this entire hour telling you everything you need to know about home brewing, how to brew your own beer different styles, the equipment that you need, everything you need to impress your friends at a party so you can brew your own top quality beer. And lieutenants, we are going to continue sampling some fantastic beers this hour, but in a little bit of a unique twist, all made by one person. Our guest today here on hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show. Welcome back, lieutenants, and we continue Cigar Oktoberfest maneuvers. My pleasure to welcome a, a longtime friend of the Cigar Dave Show, an award, I should say, award-winning home brewer, Phil Lazoon. At one point in his life, he was known as Phil R. Blend, my former producer from way back when. Phil, great to have you here on the show as a guest. Long ashes, Dave. Thank you. Back at you. Now, Phil, tell us uh, your involvement. I know that we've always talked over the last number of years, and I didn't realize that you actually have become quite the home-brewing guru, but tell us about your interest in beer, aside from consuming it, but how you got fascinated with brewing your own. Uh, well, I, I, I've always been a connoisseur of of, of beer. I, I've tasted an IPA 
a few years ago. I just bought it just because I I, I was like, what what is this? And I took it home and drank it, and ever since then I was hooked. I just liked the the bitterness. the The taste of it was completely different than anything I had ever tasted before. And I said, wow. I said, if this is what good beer is, I need to explore this more, even more and see what else is out there. Now, we talk about IPA. That is India Pale Ale. Correct. Describe for our lieutenants exactly what an India Pale Ale is. An India Pale Ale is a very hoppy, hop-prominent beer. Um, most commercial beers have very little hops in them, like your, your Bud Lights, your Miller Lights. They have very, very little hops because the American consumer – for years, it, their palates weren't really trained for the bitterness. But um, the hoppy beers, they're loads and loads and loads of hops. And there's different kinds of IPAs. There's an English IPA. There's an American IPA. There's an Imperial IPA, which is a higher alcohol content IPA. And it's just, it's just a beer that has a substantial amount of hops, be it for aroma, be it for taste, and it's it's unlike a lot of any other beer out there. I think it's just it's it's an exceptional beer. It's my favorite style, and it, it it's a wonderful tasting beer. But it's it's an acquired taste. A lot of people are turned off by all that hoppy beer, bitterness, though. Yeah, and when I, I the the equation that I use is if you compare it to a cigar, it's the difference between say a mild flavored cigar, a Connecticut wrapped uh, mild cigar, and a cigar that would have a considerable amount of lajero, which is the really the most flavorful part of the tobacco leaf. So it's got more spice on the palate, certainly more when you say hoppiness. That's really bitterness. And there is a unit, a measurement called IBU, International Bitterness Units. And I know that last week I, I sampled a Bud Light, a lager, and I think the IBU on that is like 18 or 20. But when you're talking about, for example, an IPA, you're talking in what number? Oh, anywhere from 80 to 200. So you're talking about a much really firmer beer, a much heartier beer on the palate. Certainly, and you get it at the back of your, right at the back of your palate, by the back of your tongue. That's really where you really notice that hoppiness. And you'll get it a lot of times on the on the sides of your cheeks as well, too. Now, initially, hops were used not only for flavor, but also for, as a preservative, correct? Correct, yeah. On the long journeys from England to India, that's how they, that's how the English, the English um, would preserve the beer for the soldiers that were stationed over in India. So the beer wouldn't spoil on the long journey around the Cape of, uh, what is that, the Cape of Good Hope or Cape of... Good, is it Good Horn? Good, good, or Cape good. of Good Horn, exactly. So, you know, that journey would be six, seven months at a time. And sometimes, the, the a lot, oftentimes, the beer was spoiling by the time it got to the to the men in, in uh, India. And they figured out, they'd slam it with a bunch of hops and lo and behold, the beer preserved. Talking Home Brewing 101 today on our Cigar Oktoberfest edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Guest Phil Azun. A uh, home brewer extraordinaire and former producer of the Cigar Dave Show. Now, Phil, you talked about IPA. You, you you tasted that IPA. It got you hooked. So, how did it get you into home brewing? Uh, well, th- there was another fella, actually, a bartender where um, my better half and I used to go and watch football. He was a home brewer, and he would actually bring his samples to his his regular customers. And I started sampling his, and he would he explained to me that he he brewed all these, and he 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 made it seem to me like it was a pretty easy hobby, and that I that, that I could do it. Anybody could do it. He made it seem so. Michelle 
saw that I was really interested. That in is it. your main squeeze. Yes, and your she, harem of one. Yes, my harem of one. She saw that she saw my interest in it and how it piqued my curiosity. So she actually bought me my first home brewing starter kit. Now, is that one of those things that you see at the store? It's kind of like in a gold uh, black box. I can't remember what they call that. Like the beer buddy or the beer Mr. Beer, Mr. Beer. That's it. You could get that, but what what she bought me was actually a. Uh, it was two buckets, one one fermenter and one bottling bucket, and uh, it it was a kit that came with uh, a bottler, um, a mash paddle, um, just everything basically you need to do extract brewing, which is really how most home brewers first get into home. Now, what brewing. does extract mean? What's the difference between regular brewing? And extract brewing. Well, there's two. There's really two kinds of brewing. There's extract brewing, which is you're 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 not you're. There's really no no mashing involved. Now, when you say mashing, describe that. Well, what mashing is 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 basically steeping grains for some time for an hour. Uh, on most beers, about an hour. Some up to ninety minutes. So basically, you would take the. The, the what is it? The wheat, the hops, the barley. Not the not the hops. Just the, just the grain bill, basically. The grain bill. You put it into a large fermenter. Fermenter, and mm-hmm. you put water in there. Actually, I'm, excuse, excuse me, I misspoke. Not a fermenter, a mash tun. A mash tun, and you put water in there, and you boil yeah. it. Correct? No, you don't boil it. You actually bring it up to uh, anywhere between about 148 and 158, uh, and, and you want to hold it at that temperature for the 60 minutes. Or the ninety minutes, and most guys, most home brewers will use uh, an igloo cooler because it, it's insulated and it'll hold that temperature for the entire amount of time you need it to hold. And what you're doing is you're steeping the grains. You're you're actually getting all of the sugar off of the grains, and then you and then you rinse them. And that and that's what sparging is. After you sparge the mash afterwards, and you rinse all of the sugars off of the grains into your boil kettle, and then you boil. Okay, so before we get into the specific process, Phil, let's talk about the specific pieces of equipment that someone would need to engage in home brewing to make their own beer. If you re- if you want to first start to get into it, I would recommend getting into extract brewing first. Okay, so extract brewing, meaning that you don't have to do the mash? No, you don't. It, it actually cuts your brew day down by several hours, too. But it also... it, it, it it allows you to see what's involved, and, and and you want to start extract brewing first, just to hone your skills a little bit. So, and, so how, what do you do? Do you buy the yeah. grains already that have already been? Steeped? Well, you can buy kits at most of the homebrew stores around Tampa Bay or anywhere in the country, really. And it, yeah, there's. Uh, I, I would like 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 you say, prom- uh, definitely um, go to your local establishments around town and support your local businesses. Mm-hmm. These Most of the beer uh, stores have kits already made up that they order. Some of them actually make their own kits themselves. And what they, what, what, the, what it is, it's, it's an ex, it's extract, which is either um, dry malt extract or liquid malt extract. And what it is, it's actually grains that have been already basically made into a syrup form for you so and then you add that into your bo- into your boil kettle with a few specialty grains which is kind of like a partial mash where you actually just add a few specialty grains just to add a, a little bit of extra flavor okay so but let's go back because i want to make this very basic for okay. all the lieutenants what they need so give us for extract brewing which is the easiest way to get started mm-hmm. give us the exact pieces of equipment people need you'll need Anywhere from a three to five gallon boil kettle. Okay, three to a five gallon boil kettle. Okay, then we'll go over what each 
piece of equipment does. All right, second thing? You'll need a five to six gallon bucket. Just a regular bucket. White a white bucket that has a lid. That's an airtight lid. I would I would recommend getting them from the home brew store because the ones you get at Home Depot, you may not be able to get the, the quite the seal on them that you get from the home brew stores as far as the the tightness because you don't want any air getting into that fermenter while it's fermenting. Okay, so the first thing we have a three to five gallon boil kettle. The second, a five to six gallon bucket, a white bucket with a lid. Preferably buying from a home brewing store because mm-hmm. the quality is a little better, better seal. What else do you need? You need another one to bottle. You need because you you what you're going to do after, another what do you need another another five gallon bucket. Another five gallon. Okay, so five to six gallon white bucket. Yes. So you need two of those. Yes, correct. Okay. Because right. what you're going to do is once that beer is done fermenting, you're going to transfer it off of that um, off of that cake of of yeast into the into the bottling bucket, and you're going to mix it with sugar. So you can bottle from there. And it also helps to filter it out, too. Okay. So that's you need two of those. And then what do you need? What's the uh, the, uh, the next item on the list? You need some tubing so you can siphon with. Tubing? Uh, about siphon? Uh, about, uh, about three to five feet of tubing. Okay. Silicone tubing, preferably. Okay. Uh, you need an airlock, which you can get at the homebrew store. The airlock basically sits on top of the fermenter and allows the CO2 gas while it's fermenting with, when the yeast is going to work, it allows the CO2 to escape, and but doesn't allow any oxygen to get into it. Okay, an airlock? What else? Uh, star sanitizer, which is very, very, very important. Okay, start. We'll get to that in a bit. Star sanitizer. Anything else? Uh, it would uh, uh, bottling caps and a and a bot and a bottler. Okay, a bottler. Yep. And some bottles. And bottlers. Okay. And that's and. Basically, uh, a big uh, stainless steel uh, stirring spoon, too. Okay, and a stainless steel stirring spoon. Okay, now we're going to go over all of these items, lieutenants. So, and we'll repeat this list. We're also going to post it at cigardave.com. Oh, 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 the most important yep. thing yeast. Oh, almost <laughs> forgot the yeast. Okay, so we'll get, th- we'll go through all of this, lieutenants. It is Home Brewing 101, our guest. Uh, home brewer Phil Azun, and when we continue, we'll go through all these items. So, how you can create your own home brew as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest today, front and center. The 2015 Alpha Pleasure Fest at The Rock is Saturday, November 21st at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tampa. The Alpha Male Good Life Maneuvers are presented by Davidoff and distilled by Jack Daniels. Your VIP tickets to the Alpha Pleasure Fest include Davidoff Cigars, Jack Daniels Libations, a scrumptious buffet fit for an Alpha Male, a special gift from Cigar Dave, and so much more. Tickets are on sale now at CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, 
balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Hey, I need to hit the bank before we get on the road. Is it your bank across town? No, no. It's right here. Uh, that's a tobacconist. Yeah, I need to pick up some annuities and currency. Did you knock your head really hard recently? I'm picking up the Banker by H. Upman. Annuity and currency are two sizes. You know I don't understand all that financial mumbo-jumbo. And the Banker is a new cigar made with rich tobaccos inspired by the original H. Upman that was created in 1844 by the Upman brothers, who were bankers by trade. It was given as unique present for their most important clients, and the prize cigar was stored in a vault under lock and key. The only thing my banker has ever given me was a calendar with pictures of his dog dressed as pinup models. It sounds like you need a new banker. Only if you're talking about the cigar. Purchase the banker by H. Upman at your local tobacconist today and look for ways you can crack the code to the vault of the banker by H. Upman. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Cigar Dave Show, your passport to unabashed pleasure. Celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest, but before we do, lieutenants, I do want to remind you that on Thursday, October 29th, it is Swords, Stars, and Sinatra. Big event that we are putting on here in the Cigar City. Two big events, one in October, one in November, obviously the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on Saturday, November 21st. But on Thursday, October 29th, it is celebrating the Monte Cristo 80th anniversary. It will be the only event in the country, the nation, where you will be able to receive a Monte Cristo 80th cigar to smoke. Only 50,000 cigars were made. They are all sold out. Went very quickly at the IPCPR convention to all the retailers. But we are celebrating the 80th anniversary of Monte Cristo. You'll get four great Monte Cristo cigars, including that special Monte Cristo 80th. You will uh, come in, you will receive not only those great cigars, but you will get great food. There's going to be a carving station, pasta station, dessert station, and we've got six different whiskeys that we'll be sampling from Woodford Reserve and Jack Daniels, including including the top shelf Sinatra Select. It is really 
It's huge, as somebody, some politician we know. I mean, really, it's huge. Can you believe it? You're getting the Sinatra Select. It is fantastic. So go to CigarDave.com. Tickets very limited. It's going to be a small event poolside at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in the Cigar City of Tampa. Tickets 100 bucks, worth coming in anywhere across the country. It's going to be a great event. Phil Azun, formerly known as producer Phil Arblend here on the Cigar Dave Show, home brewing expert and home brewing connoisseur, talking home brewing 101. And Phil, before we get into uh, talking about the difference between extract brewing and, I guess, brew brewing, but uh, all grain, all grain brewing. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the exact scientific term. <laughs> you have just handed me a bottle of one of the beers that you have brewed. This is a Marzen. Tell me about it. Well, a Marzen is your typical Oktoberfest beer. It's the uh, I mean, people think Oktoberfest. They're you know, I want an Oktoberfest. It's actually a Marzen. That's the style. Which is what? What does the style mean? It's a uh, it it well the the. Uh, I'll actually read read off to you what um, what the BJCP says it is actually what the what does the BJCP that is the what is that be, that's the beard judging certification uh, program oh, BJCP I was a little worried there okay gotcha um, the aroma for a Marzen should be moderate intensity aroma of German malt typically typically rich bready somewhat toasty with light bread crust notes clean lager fermentation character no hop aroma. Now, what, the, malt, the malt is the star of this beer. So when we say a lager, that is a bottom fermented yeast, correct? Yes. Okay, that's what we, that would, a Budweiser, a Coors, a Labatt's, those are lagers which traditionally are a little bit lighter, not necessarily very hoppy, not bitter, very smooth. Yes. Nice aroma, and I'm, I'm uh, tasting the, I just opened the bottle you gave me, and very clean, very clean. So tell me about this as I take a sip. The the fl- the flavor is uh the malt should the malt is definitely the star of this should be sweet mm-hmm. moderate to dry finish complex maltiness bready clean. bready toasty aspect hop bitterness is moderate if not at all and the hop flavor is low to none but now when you make this have you tried different experimentations with the mash to, that, this is actually to be honest with you the first Marzen I've done it's pretty good thank you it's pretty good so. What were you trying to accomplish? You wanted that that nice, clean, crisp, very smooth. In terms of hops, not a lot of hops in here. No. Very little. Yes, very little. So this is probably what we call IBU rating, International Bitterness Unit of what, like an 18, 20, something like that? Yeah, less than 25. So very, very low. Yeah. Very smooth, very clean beer. Let me take another sip here. Mm. And how long does it take you to make uh, to make beer from start to finish? Typically about 30 days. Now, isn't it harder for a lager? Than say an ale, uh, yeah, a lager requires the fermentation process is a little different. It's it, it's also uh, you, you lager it at a colder temperature too than an ale. Ales you can ferment at a at a higher temperature. So you ferment it at a lower temperature on the lager. Do you have to age it any longer? No, not not as much. No. Okay, very good. So this is your this is the Philazoon Marzen. Do you have a name for this, Phil? Besides just the Philazoon Marzen? No. All right. <laughs> so no brand name. Well, Philazoon Home Brewer. Made as a Marzen, very smooth. First beer that I've enjoyed in this hour. Outstanding. Very, very nice. Very clean. Nice uh, nice notes. Very pleasant. This would go great with a Connecticut Shade a wrapped cigar, even a Cameroon cigar. It's that pleasant. Lieutenants, when we continue with Phil Azun, we'll continue talking Home Brewing 101. We'll go through the process from A to Z as we continue. 
The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Perdomo Special Craft Series, including Amber, Stout, and Pilsner. These cigars pair beautifully with beers for Cigar Oktoberfest. The Perdomo Special Craft Series Amber has a spicy, sweet Cuban seed sun-grown wrapper and Cuban seed Nicaraguan fillers. It's a medium to full-bodied smoke that pairs exceptionally with an Amber, Pale Ale, Lager, IPA, Oktoberfest, or Double IPA beer. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. From pleasure, command, and control, it's the General Cigar Dave. Celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest this entire month, and we are talking homebrewing 101. Our guest, Phil Azoon, homebrewing connoisseur extraordinaire and uh, longtime producer of the Cigar Dave show. Phil, is it true that when you are conducting homebrewing maneuvers, you wear your lederhosen? Uh, I try to, yes, actually. Excellent. Excellent. You wear the, the green hat with the little feather? <laughs> Yes. Outstanding. You look like a uh, a brewing pimp. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In fact, let's talk about you. Know, talk Maybe about that's what we'll call that Oktoberfest, pimp juice. There you go. <laughs> the Phil Azun's, uh yeah, pimp, uh, pimp Marzen. Uh, actually, there's a place. You live in St. Petersburg. There's a big new brow house. The Hofbrauhaus. Uh, the Hofbrauhaus. Mm-hmm. That is huge. It's it's what, like a thousand people that go in? It's like a Munich-style brew house? Absolutely, yeah. It's um it's all the beers imported from Germany. It's all the Hofbrauhaus brew from Munich. It's uh, I guess it's number ten or eleven in the chain that they have nationwide. Oh, so it's a nationwide chain. I didn't realize that. I, well, I believe it is. Uh, there's one in uh, mo- most major cities uh, in the Midwest, like Chicago. Uh, I think in Minnesota, Las Vegas has a really big one, and there's one in Panama City of all places. 
But, Interesting. Yeah. And there's waits of like two, three hours to get in. Yeah. And they're like picnic tables. So it's yeah. it's, it's very casual. Mm-hmm. The food, I don't think, is anything extravagant. It's just authentic German food. Sch- yep. uh, schnitzel, you know. Sauerbraten. Yes. The Wiener Schnitzel. Exactly. You have to say it with the correct, you know, vigor that they say in Germany. And I think they only have six beers. And it's That's just, it. it's just the, their beer. And and they actually are they've uh, they have music that authentic German music the band that's there is actually flown in from Germany and they put them up in a hotel for ninety days and they're there no on, kidding they're they're doing kind of like a, a Celine Dion they're the house they're the house band for for ninety days I wouldn't use great <laughs> Celine Dion with a brew house great fantastic okay that's a very scary picture you just painted Phil. Uh, but interesting I'm gonna have to check it out I know it's it's in fact maybe we'll try to record a show from there because that is a uh, quite the place. Uh, understand right now. Now, Phil, we were talking about uh, home brewing, and there are two types of home brewing. There is extract brewing, which is the best way to start, mm-hmm. and there is, I think you said, it's also a little, all grain a little, brewing. Uh, yeah, all grain uh, requires a little bit more equipment, but ultimately it's it's probably going to be cheaper because the grains are cheaper to buy than the extract. Okay, is. so when we're talking about the difference between extract brewing and all grain, it is, with extract brewing, you said the first step in the process has already been done. In terms of... There's no mashing involved. There's no mashing. And mashing means basically you put the grains in, you mix the grains, mm-hmm. you put water in there, yep, and then you... You steep you them. steep it so you get it to just below boiling for what, about an hour? Mm-hmm. It's an hour, sometimes 90 you're, minutes, you're, depending. You're, you're, you're expunging all the sugars. Correct. Okay. and then All the fermentables. All the fermentables. And then from that point, you have to what? Drain it or you have to... You sparge it. You basically, you're, you're rinsing all... You're adding... You're going to actually add more water to... To that to rinse it, and then you're going to rinse. You're going to boil that into your. You're going to rinse that into your uh, sparge it into your boil kettle, and and prepare for the boil. So you don't need it. Do you need a boil kettle when you do extract brewing? Yes. Okay. So basically, they take the first process. They take all the grains. They 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 get it to the right temperature. They sparge it so that you basically, as an extract brewer, you go into a home brewing store. You can pick whatever you want, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of what hoppiness, in terms you, of. You could buy all, all different kinds of kits. You can buy a stout, an ale. You could buy a uh, a lager. You could do. You could buy whatever you want. Basically, there, there's there's quite a few different kits out there nowadays. Okay. And the kits are very good, actually. Don't get me wrong. They're good. It's just you don't have the control. For example, if you wanted to create, use a specific type of of grain, of grain, right, or a spe- from a specific area, correct, or a specific. Uh, I don't know, a specific type of um, uh, flavor compound, you can't. You don't get that controllability. Correct. Gotcha. So it's a great way to start mm-hmm. because they've taken the first step out of the way for you. Correct. And it's also a great way for men and women that live in apartments that can't use propane burners. It's a great way for them to brew because you can do it all on your stovetop. Well, can't you do that, the mash kit on your stovetop? You can you can mash inside, but to to it, when you're when you're boiling when you're doing all grain and you're boiling a big batch, typically most stovetops can't handle the volume that the, the that amount of heat. They not they can't they they can't produce that much heat to get a rolling boil of of say five six seven gallons, and also five six seven gallons sitting on your stovetop could crush your stovetop as well. That's why most guys have. Um, propane burners, right? And they do it outside because also you don't want to be running propane inside your house. Okay, so let's go over the equipment, and then we'll talk about what each piece of equipment does. Then we'll go through the process. So for extract brewing, the first piece of equipment you said you need a three to five gallon boil kettle. Correct. The second piece, stainless steel, preferably s- stainless steel. 
Then you said you need two to uh, two five to six gallon white buckets with lid, and you want a very nice tight seal on that. Correct. Okay. The third thing you want tubing uh, to for, siphon for transferring. Yes. For transferring. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then the fourth thing was an airlock. Correct. Okay. Number five was is star sanitizer. Very, very important because okay. anything after the boil that once the beer is cooled has to anything the anything the wart which is which is beer before it is is beer has to anything it touches has to be sanitized because if you if if you're not sanitized you can run the risk of infecting that beer and all of that money you just spent it's it's spoiled okay so star San, star is a, a brand yes yeah, star okay. san star san okay gotcha number 6 you need a bottler and bottles Ca- a bottle capper. Bottle capper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not necessarily because you could still put it in growlers. Correct. You, like. you could, yeah. With the, with Which the, are with big, the, looks like big jugs. With the, yeah, with the swing tops. You can ferment right. them in the, like the old Grosch bottles. Gotcha. And then the last thing was a stainless steel uh, spoon. Correct. For stirring. For stirring. Okay, so now let's go through everything. We've got these seven and different And of course items. you need your kit, of your extract kit. Your extract kit to, to start things. So let's go through the process. Extract brewing. So the first thing is you go to your home brewing store and you pick out, let's say you pick out a, uh, the next thing we're going to try is an IPA. Mm-hmm. So let's say you pick out the IPA blend. Would that be correct? Yeah, you could. Do they have? And is it dry? Is it wet? The kit? Yeah. Well, the, the kit will come with, uh, it'll come with hops. It'll come with caps, bottle caps. It'll come with specialty grains, which is not, not, not a lot, just a little bit. So to- the grains are already, they're in dry form, correct? Correct. Gotcha. So, so after they do the initial process, and the and the extract too will be in there as well. The, the, the extract, either the dry malt extract or the liquid malt extract, or it could be a combination of both. Okay. So, th- so it's it's not just one thing you buy; it's multiple things that are in the kit. Yeah. All right. So the first thing is you buy that kit. Now, what is the process? Take us from very slowly because the first thing you said is you need a three to five gallon Correct. boil kettle. So, you, what do you do as soon as you bring that kit home? You put you put the, the kettle on the stove. Yep. You bring about three gallons of water to a boil. Okay. Actually, not to a boil. Excuse me. To to about a steeping temperature of about right around one fifty eight or so. One hundred fifty eight degrees. Yep. You don't want it to boil. No. You okay. Do, you do not want it to boil. And then okay. then what you do is you put your specialty grains that come with the kit. Yep. You you steep those for about. 20 to 30 minutes, depending on what the recipe calls for. Right. Then once that is done steeping, you remove those grains, turn the heat up, bring it to a boil, follow the recipe steps, and those steps will involve adding the extract at time intervals, 60 minutes, 30 minutes. And one thing that's very important is you want to – every time you add the extract, you want to stir and you want to remove it from the heat so so you don't scorch. Because one thing that you, what happens with extracts is if you're if you're boiling once they hit that that bottom of your uh, boil kettle they oftentimes will scorch and you'll get little black flakes that will float up and you don't want that so the easiest way to avoid that is remove it from the heat add the extract stir it around move it back over to it so you don't you never want it to boil though correct no you do want it to you boil do? you just don't want it to be boiling. So you, when you add the extract, the liquid extract, because it can scorch very, very easily. So give me this process one more time. We we take uh, three to five gallons. 
Well, initially, what you're going to do is you're going to set up your boil kettle right. with three gallons. Three gallons of water. Three gallons of water. 158 degrees, you get the temperature. So it's before boiling. Yes. Okay. And you and then you add your specialty grains that come in the kit. Now, specialty grains are what specifically? They're they could, could be, be barley. They, could be they could wheat. be they could be caramel malt. They could be Vienna malt. They could okay. be they, just anything that adds a, a little bit of extra flavor. You let those steep for about 30 minutes. You remove them. You turn it up to a boil. Then you start the brew, the the boiling process. That's when you add your malt extracts. That's when you add either the liquid or the dry malt, depending on your recipe. Right. You let that boil, and then in time intervals throughout that, typically with with a ale extract kit, you're going to boil for an hour. Boil for an hour. Yes. And okay. in, in, at at sixty minutes, you're going to do probably your first hop addition. And so it boils, and then after about an hour, that's when you put the hops in. No, no, no. No. Once it's initially, once it starts boiling, you'll add the the extract. Right. And then you'll add your first hop addition. It could be an ounce of Chinook hops. Boom. Okay. Then you wait about. Then you set your timer about forty five minutes. I mean, after fifteen minutes, at the forty five minute mark, you'll add probably some more hops. Okay. Then at thirty minutes, you'll add some more hops. At fifteen, you might add some more. And typically, you're adding in about ounce, half ounce to ounce intervals. And then right at right when you hit zero, you turn it off, and then you cool. And what the great thing about extract, whereas different from all grain, is you can you can go um, you you cool your beer down. To uh, to your fermentation temperature, which is typically about seventy to seventy five degrees for most guys that are that are just going to store um, ferment in their in their closet or their bathtub, and you cool your temperature down. You put it in an ice bath. Basically, basically you fill your sink up with ice. Put your put your three gallon three to five gallon kettle in the ice bath. As soon as it's it, off, it let it just let it. Take it immediately and put you, it in the ice bath. Yeah, you want it. You you, you want to get that that wort cooled down as quick as you can. Okay. To eliminate any possible infections of any airborne whatever. Gotcha. So as soon after it's done boiling, it could be a couple hour process. Yeah. As soon as it's done, and all the yeast has been added, stirred. No, 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 no. no. Yeast has not. Been oh, added. I'm sorry, not yeast. No. The hops have been added. Yes. Then you put it into an ice bath. Put Basically, it, you put the kettle surrounded by ice mm-hmm. in your sink. In your sink, and you and you get that temperature down to about 75, 70 to seventy five degrees. Once it's down there, you remove it. You transfer it to your fermenting bucket. Okay, hold it right there because I want to pick that up right there. And real one quick question: Why do you add the hops in stages? Why not all at once? Uh, you add the hops in stages. the the sixty the 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 early the early stages of hops. That's that's what adds the bitterness. As you get closer to the end of the boil, that's what's going to give you flavor and aroma. Gotcha. Interesting. All right. So the first process is done. That could take a couple of hours. Actually, the boil process is all. The boil process is sixty minutes. Sixty minutes. That's 60 it. Sixty minutes. The boil process. The steeping process is about a half hour. So altogether, while we do an extract, you're looking at about 90 minutes. So right steep there. first, then boil. Yes, gotcha. All right. When we come back, talking home brewing 101, we'll continue with the process. Step one is done. We still got about four or five more steps to go. Home brewing 101 today. Our guest Phil Azun, home brewer extraordinaire, as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. The Monte Cristo Social Club presents Swords, Stars, and Sinatra, an evening celebrating the Monte Cristo 80th anniversary, hosted by the General Cigar Dave. And featuring Jack Daniels Sinatra Select and other Jack Daniels spirits. All attendees will receive the extremely limited Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary Cigar, the Monte Cristo Estoque, the Monte Cristo Vintage White Connecticut, and the Monte Cristo Platinum Tampa Edition. 
Ford, Stars, and Sinatra will be held poolside at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tampa on Thursday, October 29th from 7 to 10 p.m. There may be trouble ahead. For more details and to purchase tickets, go to CigarDave.com. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet yeah, costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Defending your rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. It's the General Cigar Dave. Cigar Oktoberfest continues. Homebrewing 101. Our guest, Phil Azun, homebrewing connoisseur. And, Phil, I should mention that uh, you were a finalist in uh, one of the big competitions here in Florida. Yeah, just recently, my IPA, the first one that I have entered into competition, I reached the second round, which was actually a finalist. Out of 46 entries, I was uh, one of the top 10. Outstanding. And uh, how long have you been homebrewing now? Uh, actually, about a year and a half. So relatively, uh, that's pretty good, considering a year and a half and you're already in, in the finals. Well, lieutenants, we picked up, we talked about the first step in extract brewing, which is basically putting the extract, steeping them, boiling them, then putting after the boil is done, after about a total of an hour and a half period, then moving it into a chilling area in your sink, or, Phil, you could even put it in a refrigerator, couldn't you? You could. You, you want to make sure you got a lid on it. 
A lid. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So you don't for, want any. You don't want any air. You, you want to el- try to eliminate no air. exposure to to oxygen. Gotcha. So the next step after that has cooled is what? Uh, you pitch your yeast. You throw your yeast in. So you put the yeast in. Mm-hmm. And how much yeast do you use? Or three to three gallons of, of beer that you brew. Well, most of the store, most of the stores, uh, the kits that you buy, a packet. Uh, uh, if you're if you're doing a, a relatively low gravity beer, which is a low a lower alcohol, like about anything under like six percent, you uh, just the just the typical packet that you get, or the uh, of the dry yeast, or the uh, pouch of liquid yeast will suffice. That'll be perfect. And, and what the yeast does what? Yeast is what makes the beer. Beer uh, uh, brewers make wort. Yeast make beer. Gotcha. So it, they, the yeast takes the sugars, converts them into alcohol. Eats it all. Eats all the sugar up. Gotcha. So that goes and the, in. And the byproduct is the alcohol. Right. And how long does the uh, after you put the yeast in, it just sits? It uh, it it start, It goes to work within. If what you want to do once you pitch the yeast in, you want to put the lid on that fermenter and shake the hell out of it. And get as much. This is the only time you want to get oxygen into it because you want to get oxygen into that into that wort, so the yeast have can use that to eat, to eat. And that fermenter is one of the white buckets, correct? Correct. So you're transferring all the after it's been boiled and it's cooled. You transfer it into the white bucket. Correct. Gotcha. You put the yeast in and you shake it. You put the lid on it. Put the air. Put your airlock on there. Oh, so the airlock goes on there. The airlock air goes and on the airlock the prevents air from going in, but allows the CO two to escape. Correct. And you just shake it, and you want that sh- to interact. Shake it. Let the, let that yeast get get all nice and sh- shooken up in there, and then they start they start their process in about seven. They should be done eating all those sugars in there in about seven days. The fer- the primary fermentation should be done within the. F- depending on the yeast strain, usually between five to seven uh, seven days. So after a week. You don't touch it, and then you, you just, open. It. You then just, what you do? You just let it go. Then what? You just you let you let it go, and you let it sit for about two to three weeks, and then you take a gravity reading, which is a whole another topic. Okay. And then you transfer it into bottles. From you tra- actually transfer it from there into your bottling bucket. You add some sugar, some priming sugar. Now, what is priming sugar? Is it like priming, regular sugar? Priming priming sugar is a sh- is sugar that you add to in the bottling bucket that will. Act, reactivate the yeast so when you put it in the bottles, the yeast will start up again and they'll create CO2 because once the bottles are capped, that's where your carbonation comes from. Gotcha. So then essentially you are taking, that's where the tubing comes in. You take it from your fermenter to your bottling bucket. And then and this from, is after three, four weeks. Yes. And then you put it in the bottler and uh, and then you're pretty good to go. And about, about a week, about uh, two weeks later, you're ready to drink. And these stainless steel... Stirring spoon is used during the boiling process. Correct, and and some you can make sure make sure it's sanitized before you can before you can you can even stir uh, the the yeast up in the fermenter with it as well. And that's it, pretty much. So really, the big work is the couple hours where you're actually boiling, adding the yeast, taking it back and forth, chilling it. Then once you transfer it into that fermenting bucket, and you've shaken it, mm-hmm. then you're done for three four weeks. And, and I cannot stress to you cleanliness cleanliness with the star sand you want anything that that beer touches after the boil process has to be sanitized so when it's done boiling at that point then you want to go ahead and you want to sanitize your fermenter the, the fermenter you want everything you your want to sanitize your stirring spoon the airlock the yeast packet everything that everything that may come in contact with that beer has to be sanitized. All right. Now, Phil, uh, real quickly here, you've got about four different ones, but one of the ones that you have picked is a Munich Hellas that you've done. 
Now tell me about this. I've just poured it, and it's got a very almost a sweetness to it. It's a light golden color. Mm-hmm. Malty. Mm-hmm. Not very hoppy. Not at all. Very smooth. Mm-hmm. Is this a lager or an ale? That is a lager. It's a lager. So most it's interesting because most places, uh, craft brewers make ales, not lagers, because it takes longer. But in your case, you you prefer the lagers. Actually, I prefer the ales, to be you honest do. with you. Yes. I like I like I but I I'd like to experiment with all different kinds of beer just to just to say I've done it and just to I mean I'm a beer connoisseur. I have my styles that I I gravitate towards, but but I want to I I want to try and experiment with it, with with everything. All right, now give some I know there's some different websites where people can look for information as well as purchase because not if you live in a rural area, there may not be a home brewing store. Most metropolitan areas have it, but give us some websites that our lieutenants can check into because I'm sure that after many of them listening, they're going to be piqued in their interest and want to try home brewing. A great website to just actually talk with other home brewers and read read really good articles is homebrewtalk.com. It has a forum. You can ask questions, and, and the home brewing community is great as far as, as, as reaching out to each other and helping each other. It's, it's, it, they, everybody wants to see everybody make great beer. Even though guys compete, they want to help you out. Give us some other sites. Uh, if you want to order stuff, morebeer.com and northernbrewer.com have great selection of kits, all-grain kits, extract kits, and all the equipment you need. Bill, I will say cheers to you. I'll take another sip of your Munich Hellas. Mm. Outstanding, Phil. Phil Azun, home brewing connoisseur. During our Cigar Oktoberfest Home Brewing 101 segment, Phil, I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me, Dave. I appreciate and keep, it. keeps bringing more beer. Outstanding. I, w- Lute- I will. Lieutenants, don't forget the uh, couple of big events. We've got the Swords, Stars, and Sinatra Thursday, October 29th at the Hard Rock in the Cigar City of Tampa. And on Saturday, November 21st, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest at the Rock. All the details, CigarDave.com. Cigar Dave, the general saying, may your humidor always be full. May your cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long, Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Cheers. Happy Cigar Oktoberfest. Today, go Cuse, whack the bulls. <laughs>